Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Please visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. We have over 300 topics relevant to business creators just like you. Check out our various syndication options. Sign up on the favorite network of your choice so that fresh content can be served to you every time we release another fantastic episode. Today, we are going to be covering a lot of things having to do with online business, and uh, we'll get a little bit into technology. We'll get into how we help you create an easy plan of action that will take away from most of the pain from the process. Now, with us today is we have a gentleman who I've been looking to interview for a long time, actually, and he's known to some of our listeners, and you'll see why in just a second. His name is Jonathan Denwood. He is the founder of WP Tonic. He's a leading influencer in the WordPress space with his own leading podcast in the e-learning entrepreneurship WordPress area, excuse me, and a champion of the e-learning entrepreneur who wants to build a substantial online business. Many people who've had great experience and a lot of knowledge to share with the field get caught up with choosing and implementing the technology to publish their first course. Been there, done that. Jonathan can really help getting people over this hurdle so they can really concentrate on marketing their course to its targeted audience. And this kind of goes back to something that I've been saying for 15 years now, which is you need to spend less time editing and maintaining your website and more time educating your audience and monetizing your products and solutions. Less time editing, more time promoting. So Jonathan also helps those who found themselves trapped on uh, I never had to pronounce this, a SaaS, a S-A-A-S platform, which they've outgrown, and they want to move to the flexibility and power of WordPress and don't know where to begin. So there are multiple balls you have to juggle in order to launch and manage a successful course in 2019, and Jonathan has some great insights to help you get over your fears and get you moving forward. It may sound on the surface like this is a topic you've heard before. I think we covered this three years ago on Business Creators Radio for hosts. And you'd think by now that people would understand their technology stacks. But the reality is there's so many different options out there, so many ways of doing things. And what Jonathan's going to do for us today, among other things, is help us get a handle on how to handle that decision-making process so that we can get to monetization and making an impact on our market faster. So, Jonathan Denwood, come on in. The weather's fine. Oh, thanks, Adam, and thank you for that great introduction. It's one of the best introductions I've heard so far on being a guest on somebody else's podcast. Well, you know, Jonathan, you're such a luminary in the world that I'm familiar with that I'm not even sure I'm qualified to be on this interview with you, and it's my show. So the pleasure is all mine. And as our listeners know, not only am I the host of Business Creators Radio Show, but I'm also the number one listener. I'm there in the front row with my notepad open and my two pens, capturing those little aha moments that may move my business forward. Because I'll tell you candidly, uh, technologically, my business operations are extremely simple. Our websites are simple and straightforward. We use common technology so that we move faster into the marketplace. And... uh, you know, we had a designer help us with some of the sites, but they use pretty common WordPress themes. We use WordPress for just about everything. We like to keep our overhead both financial and technologically very low, very simple. And uh, I do candidly kind of geek out on this technology stuff, even though I don't really play in it too much anymore. So one of the reasons I'm happy to be speaking with you is I'm going to have a chance to sort of just geek out for an hour here, and we're going to have some fun. Before we do that, Jonathan, uh, I know there are some people who are listening right now. They've opened separate browser tabs. They're binging the Yahoo out of the Googles to find out more about this man named Jonathan Denwood. That's D-E-N-W-O-O-D. Thank you very much, people. You're welcome. And your website, wp-tonic.com. So I know you get into um, LMS and things like that. What we'd like to do first is... Have you tell us a little bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today 
serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Oh, that's that's fantastic, Adam. Yeah, well, I, I kind of moved to America about slightly over 12 years ago, and um, I married an American lady in the UK, originally from the outskirts of London, and um, I've been involved in business at early age. I started my first retail business when I was 24, and I run that for over 20 years successfully in the UK. And as a hobby, I got into web development, and um, I decided to take a degree as a mature student, and I managed to get a degree in web web development and graphic design. And then my wife wanted to move back to America, and I sold my business, and I became a, a freelance. I got into WordPress quite early around version 3 of WordPress, and if you know right. anything about WordPress, that was quite early. That's when the menu and the post and page structure became prevalent in WordPress. And yep. um, basically, I was just a, um, I was a developer, um, a freelancer, subcontractor, and then um, about four years ago, I decided I needed to find a niche, and I needed to find something that kind of um, got me going um, that I could commit to. And I was lucky enough to be developing a site for a client that wanted a membership. Um, he was into e-learning. He was a business coach. And I thought I really enjoyed the project. And I decided that I would specialize only in um, building learning management systems, membership sites, anything around somebody that wanted to make an income from their experience or wanted to have income from teaching people a specific skill or, or anything like that. And it's been a great success, Adam. Yeah, and you know, the great thing about WordPress, I came into the area of online marketing a couple years before WordPress became really a thing. I jumped in in 2003, and at that time, WordPress was another one of those open source softwares, which at the time I used to call open stores, S-O-R-E-S, because it seemed like they were for them. And what's been exciting to me over the past 17 years is seeing how WordPress has emerged as such a leading system for managing your websites, managing your technology, plugging into membership applications, and so, so much more. I was here back when if you wanted to have custom sidebars, you had to go into the functions file and write the new write the new plugin code and then put the reference in your sidebar.php and uh, some of our listeners are thinking they can hire me to do this and they can't and they don't even have to because there are plugins that you install with a couple clicks that will now do exactly what I just described. So that's what's one of the things that's beautiful about WordPress. Now what I'd like to do is I'd like to kind of jump straight in here, and I'd like to get into uh, this idea of using WordPress as a learning management system, but let's take a step back from that first, and tell me, what does it take, just from an overall perspective, to build your first successful online course? Well, I think um, your introduction kind of um, good, gave a good outline here, Adam. I'll give you top mocks for your introduction. Is that it's, it's not enormously difficult. It's just there's a lot of different balls that you have to throw up in the air from actually building the course and actually um, being able to present it effectively on a website to actually um, building a pre-audience to market your course to. Um, it's really, um, it's very similar to any kind of business, Adam. You've got to have a little bit of a plan. And um, that plan should really start identifying, do you have, a, have the course that you're envisioning in your mind based on your knowledge? It, will we actually solve a real problem for your audience? You know, and is that problem, does that problem which your course is going to help your students um, solve, 
is it a problem that they're really concerned about? You know, do have you matched what you envision are the are the problems that your students are having and want a solution, want your help with? Does it really exist in the real world, or are you making some educated assumptions that really don't, in the real world, match up? And it's like you know any kind of um, video or podcast around online business to do with the startup um, community. And the mythologies that you should follow are very similar that you need to pre-identify your market, um, quickly identify if is there a real need, and then uh, make your course satisfy uh, an easy win. Get an easy win for your students that come into the course. And I would end is don't, um, which is understandable. A lot of people um, think that because they're new, um, in producing a course that they've got to give enormous value and they do that by having a very large initial course putting a lot of modules in that course doing a lot of videos and it becomes an extremely long course covering a lot of things in great detail and I would suggest that that is definitely what you don't want to do is done for understandable reasons, but really keep that first course um, the most minimum viable course that you could do. Like I say, very similar to the startup, that minimum viable product that should be your minimum viable course that can solve a, a real problem for your target audience. And then get it in front of students as quickly as possible and then get that feedback which is so important from your first group of students because I can tell you based on experience the course that you start with will not be the course that will become after your first one or two groups of students that does the course. Right. Was that, help was that helpful Adam? Well that actually brings up a couple points and I have seen folks delay the launch of their information product or their e-course or what have you for years because they want to get everything just perfect. They want to reserve the time in the studio. They want to go over crossing every T and dotting every I. And, and their frustration and their fluxmization will sometimes say that they're dotting every I and crossing every T. That's how detailed they get with it. And I've seen the most successful course makers be the ones who put together something that has great value, that solves problems for their market, and will be something that somebody can refer back to and continue to gain value from as they go back and review it. And I've seen many times that their version one was either um, an audio where they dialed into a bridge line and uh, had somebody interview them, and then they had it edited. And uh, they said, well, I'm going to get this one up. I'm going to have a first group of students. And we're going to figure out where the holes are in this. Then we're going to do version two, which will be much more sophisticated. And I have seen in some of those cases where they put action above activity, they never really get past version one. Because version one is good enough and people love it. So keep that in mind when you're worried about making sure that you have, oh, I want to make sure I have the exact right lighting stage. And I want to have five different consultants week the settings of my microphone and oh what microphone should I use and and what color shirt should I wear and things like that and not to put down the idea of having high visual quality or taking the time to put, put on a good pro pro professional image and be in alignment with your brand but bear in mind the balance I just want to bring that up and I think that's very important I think the other thing that uh, you know you mentioned that goes along with this is be prepared for the idea that there will be more than one iteration. Because a year from now, 
you there will probably be some changes in your market, changes in your niche that will necessitate a version two or maybe a, a different course under a different name, even though the content may be somewhat similar. And you're also going to have attrition in your community where a lot of new people are coming in and a lot of your people from a year ago sort of attritioned out. That's just the nature. As people move along their own journey, you fulfill a certain place in their journey. That's the way it is. You can make the decision to expand that or not. Uh, and when you keep all that in mind, to me, that actually takes some of the pressure off because it removes the need for perfectionism, and it allows you also for an understanding that you don't have to create your absolute magnum opus every single time or even once because you're going to do it again anyway. And that's the other thing, too. When you launch new courses, that generates new interest even from an existing customer because it's a new thing. Okay, spot on, Adam. That's right. That's 16 years of experience uh, telling me that. So let's uh, move beyond some of the mindset stuff when it comes to creating a course, and let's get a little techie. I want to geek out here a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, so first, I'm going to ask a couple questions to kind of stack atop of each other, and let's start with the one that's on a lot of people's minds. What's the difference between when it comes to using a membership platform between using WordPress or something like Kajabi? Well, uh, um, thank you. It's a great question. Well, Kajabi and Teachable are two of the leading um, competitors to WordPress um, on the market at the present moment. There's, there sure is a lot of other SaaS project products out there, but I um, would say they're the two leading ones. And also um, in the SaaS area, there's a lot of um, different focus. There's some products that are aimed at the inter the business internal training market. There's other ones that are aimed at the formal education in educational institutes that are trying to build more online courses. And then you have WordPress. And the reason why I'm so passionate about WordPress, Adam, is that I, I think now WordPress is it's got close to 34% of all websites right. in the world now run on WordPress. I think WordPress is, is getting close or will in the next year become the operating system of the web, as I would say. And, um, you know, when it becomes such a dominant force on the Internet, why would you want to move away from that platform? And the other factor that's built up in the past 18 months is the um, dominance of modern WordPress page builders like Animator, Beaver Builder, and WordPress internal system that um, um, was developed about four or five months ago called Gutenberg. And what this allows is allows somebody to um, change their web pages, the look of their pages, without having to employ a front-end developer every time you want to change a column width, you want to move a picture somewhere on a page. You used to, um, a lot of the time, you could do it in the internal editor of WordPress, but it was rather basic. Now the situation has totally changed. And you've got a lot more freedom about doing changes quickly, effectively. Um, obviously, there will always be some things where you're going to need a developer or a graphic design artist, but the situations have become a lot more fluent. Now, when it comes like something like Kajabi, it's a great system. You know, it, it's one of the best systems. Um, it's, it promotes itself as a kind of Swiss army knife that you can literally um, do a host of different things. But like every Swiss Army knife, um, it can do something quickly for you, but it's not the best tool um, for anything precisely. And that's the problem with all these SaaS systems, um, is that they can do a number of things. And Kajabi, like I say, I think is one of the better ones. The thing is, it's also very expensive, especially if you start getting traction on your course and you get above 200, 500 
students, it becomes very expensive. Um, and also, like I say, it, it can do a lot of things, but it tends to be a bit of a Swiss army knife. When you get yep. to WordPress, um, you can um, get various plugins like affiliate marketing, a page builder, and combine them together, and they're the best of breed in that Pacific um, area. So you're not getting a Swiss Army knife. You're, you're, you can choose. It's yours. If you get fed up with your hosting provider, you can move to a new one. You're, you're, it's, it's a bit like um, renting an apartment, which... A lot of the times, certain parts of your life is is great, but most yeah. Americans want to own their own home. Um, so, um, if you're going to build a real business, I think it's best to own own it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you know, um, you know, you bring up a good point here that when you use those third-party hosted platforms, uh, you, you bring up that if, like, let's say you want to make certain design changes or you want to make something look a little closer to your brand, you can be constricted by what their system allows you to do. In fact, some of these systems really don't allow you to do much more look and feel-wise than uh, pick from one of nine colors, and you have to pick the one that's closest to your brand, and then upload your logo. And then sometimes it will scramble up your logo so it doesn't even look right. Otherwise, you can kind of tell it's kind of a third-party thing. With WordPress, you can buy – any theme you want to get it to look however you want. And and if uh, one of the million or so WordPress themes out there doesn't do it for you at all, uh, or you uh, or you don't uh, recognize the value of using a theme like Avada or Divi, which uh, have huge amounts of customization capabilities, then, you know, kind of just stuck. So I want to bring up one other thing. And, uh, again, just to show that there are sometimes – more than one way of looking at this. Jonathan, you brought up the Gutenberg release, which changed how the editor worked on pages and posts. And I t I'll tell you candidly, I absolutely freaking hate the thing. I think it's, uh, I think it's annoying. Um, I tried using it, and I couldn't stand it. Mm -hmm. And what I also found was that um, with – what I also found was with most of the themes that my business uses, and, and I was getting this from the webmasters of the clients that we have – that they were already using themes that use things like Live Editor um, or the system that Optimized Press uses or things like that, where they don't even need Gutenberg, and Gutenberg was actually getting in the way. Now, here's the beauty of part, part about WordPress. We don't have to decide whether Gutenberg is good or bad. I mean, you like it, I don't, and that's fine. But what's well, great actually, about I, WordPress... I actually, um, I mean, um, I go either way. Actually, most of our clients... We don't. We recommend that they don't activate Gutenberg. Um, we actually okay. we actually recommend the the tech um, that we recommend is Astra Astra Themes. Yeah, we because we, um, um, they produce a number of themes that are purposely designed for learning management systems, and oh, hopefully okay. I'll go I'll go into what. Uh, what is a learning management system? Oh, we're um, getting to that next. We're getting to yeah. that next. Fear, fear, and then, fear not. Uh, okay, so yeah, so I misheard you slightly. I misheard you slightly. Misheard you slightly. So maybe you're not the the biggest Gutenberg uh, cheerleader out there. Although well, you, you shared his positive um, points, but the, what I, all I was going to say is, if you don't like Gutenberg, WordPress has a plugin you can install in 10 seconds that puts it back to the previous version. That's one of the beauties of WordPress. Plugins can do just about anything, and if there's not a plugin that does it, somebody's going to invent it. So go ahead. Yeah, and then um, we recommend using Animator, which is the leading we consider the leading commercial um, page builder plugin, and it works okay. lovely with Astro because we we de we design custom, full custom or semi custom um, websites for people. We um, maintain websites that are hosted on um, with other hosting providers and we offer a fully kind of semi-hosted where we host the website we install a number of plugins and we also um, can we offer a product that gets you up and going where we can actually install the um, course for you and just leaving you to do the design part, which is the fun part. Um, okay. So we are, 
offer a number of solutions um, to our clientele, but they're all the thing that unifies them all. Adam is it's all based on um, WordPress. Um, but um, Gutenberg was only released uh, less than a year ago. Um, it's it's still being built out. It, it still has a while to go. But, to when it will become a, a a mature platform, but like what you said, you know, there's a plugin that switches it off. We install it automatically on our hosted, our fully hosted solution, and we use Animator. So you you've got that freedom, which is so important, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, that's that's absolutely factual. Now second half of this we're going to pretty much just turn you loose on lms and how all this comes together but um i did want to ask one other comparison question uh wordpress and let's compare that to other lms SaaS platforms uh what's the reality there in what context adam uh basically comparing the two i mean how do you, i mean how does wordpress stack up against other types of SaaS platforms for lms well, like I say, um, what let's let's take Kajabi. Let's because Teachable, Teachable provides a learning management system, and it allows uh, a way of payment, but it doesn't really offer a lot else. So, in simplicity terms, Teachable is a lot more easier than Kajabi. But when it comes to Kajabi, Kajabi says you know it does a lot more for you it does the email marketing it uh, it provides a way of hosting your videos it provides templates um and it provides what it calls pipelines which are marketing funnels which um they have pre-written which they provide and then you can adapt them so in some ways, what they're trying to provide, Adam, is a kind of click funnel for somebody that wants to start a membership site. So that's how I view it. It's a kind of click funnels of membership sites. That's what Kajabi is. So it has its strengths, because. But when you're trying to set up, and we um, we don't publicise it, but we have set up Kajabi sites for clients. Because when they get involved, when they get engrossed in it, it's not it's not actually that easy to actually uh, develop a Kajabi site. Yes, they provide a number of tools um, that are integrated. Like on our hosted solution, we provide a number of plugins that does all this functionality, and then we can help you get it started. And then we're there in the background if you get stuck. Well, none of these really powerful systems like Kajabi or WordPress are that easy because they've got to do a lot of things. You've got to set up the actual course. You've got to set up your marketing funnels. You've got to, you've got to set up your branding. And that you've got to set all that up. So the, the reality is whatever system you've got, um, that does a number of things. The, the more things they do, the more um, fit balls you got up in the air. Is that making sense, Adam? Makes dollars and cents, literally. So the idea, the 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 the, the core selling message of Kajabi or ClickFunnel is a is a little bit naughty in a way because. Um, they're not lying, they're not misleading, but it's a, it's a little bit naughty because it, it, you know, it, they provide the platform, but they're not going to build the course for you. They're going to provide support and training materials just like um, we do with our platform based on WordPress. Um, but there is going to be a sizable learning curve, whatever. you know. There's a sizable learning. If you're new to marketing, um, you're going to spend a fair bit of time with ClickFunnels um, support documentation. If you go to Kajabi, you're, you're going to be spending a fair bit of time watching their videos and um, contacting their support team that are very helpful. 
and also reading this support you're you're um you're going to be um learning a bit about wordpress and with our support so that the, there is no um so whatever it is is there is going to be a bit of study and there's going to be a bit of hard graft to it right right what i love about what you put together is how you combine the power of wordpress with your own expertise to make it easier for people to get started with this faster so i want to commend you on that now we're about halfway through this and as i said in the second half we we're going to largely just sort of turn you loose the first half was sort of me and you kicking back a few ideas back and forth but what i want to do now is i want to just sort of um give you the stage for a while and as the subject matter expert draw a map of the or create a paint a picture whatever analogy you choose of the user's experience when they use wordpress as their LMS. So, um, and some of that you may include, you know, like, you know, what plugins you use, whether it's a proprietary system or what membership system you use. And I'm also curious to know if your system allows for things like quizzes and people completing modules and things like that. Yeah, thanks for that, Adam. And uh, so, what is a learning management system? Because it's a bit of a catchphrase. Because fundamentally, if you've got a really simple course, that's just, let's say, 12 modules in length with some text and with some um, video. Well, you probably don't actually have to use a learning management system. Or if you do, um, you're, you'll be able to use a free one. Now, um, but um, if, you, if you're looking to build out multiple courses, you're going to build this first simple course. Um, which I advise, which we discussed at the beginning of this conversation, Adam. Um, but then there's a plan to build on it or build additional courses. What a learning management system offers, it offers a purpose-designed UX interface um, that allows you to put the courses in. It provides an interface for your students as well that has been tested that um, enables learning to occur more quicker, quicker and easier for your student base. So um, there's two leading plug-in solutions in WordPress that we recommend, and that is LearnDash and Lifter LMS. And um, both both are mature plugins. I know the owners of both. Um, they're um, Justin who with his wife founded LearnDash, which about four months ago had a major update um, to the UX interface design of LearnDash. I know Justin and um, spent uh, over six figures um, in, uh, in financial terms in the improvements to the plugin. With Lifter LMS, I know the two founders. They are also personal friends of mine, um, Chris and Tom, and they have built an enormous following with their plugin. Um, their plugin, the basic, the basic plugin, which still has a lot of functionality, is totally free. Um, you do have to take payment. You do have to buy some add-ons. Um, you, you can, if you just want to use Stripe, that will cost you $99. And then if you want to combine it with um, PayPal, it's another $99. Um, um, with Lyft, with LearnDash, it starts at about $149 for a one-site license. But what you get with both those um, is you get a, a fantastic system that allows you to do quizzes, um, um, basic quizzes uh, are part of LearnDash, uh, part of Lifter LMS, and then they have an additional add-on where if you want to do more sophisticated quizzes. So let's, let's start with Lifter LMS because it's the one that has a lot of functionality for free. Um, you can build quite a sophisticated first course with paying just $99 so you can take payment. You could build a pretty sophisticated course 
using Lifter LMS. They they did have um, they've got a number of premier add-ons um, where you can buy um, individual you can buy these individual add-ons like a payment gateway using Stripe. And I would always recommend people use Stripe because it's the most easiest way to take payments and then maybe combining it with PayPal. So right. for either $99 or um, something slightly under $200, you've got the flexibility of taking either on the same page. Um, but then they have a number of other add-ons that increases the power of the system. Um, and then they have what they call the Infinity Pack, where they offer all these add-ons uh, with the core power of Lifter NMS in one bundle, and that's slightly under a thousand dollars, but it's enormously powerful. With um, with our hosted solution, if you decide to go with Lifter LMS, we offer um, Lifter LMS Infinity Pack as part of our bundle, and all you pay is an ongoing monthly fee. Um, which is bundled with the hosting and the support that we provide. So we, so it's a great um, solution that we offer. Now, um, what used to be a big difference between Lifter LMS and LearnDash is that LearnDash, until the recent update to LearnDash 3.0, um, didn't offer a payment method. You used to have to buy a membership plugin to work with LearnDash to actually take payments. Um, and the one we used to recommend, which is still, we feel, one of the leading membership plugins was MemberPress. That situation dramatically changed with LearnDash 3.0 because you can actually take payments from Stripe or PayPal with the with the basic license, the the hundred and forty nine roughly for one site license, so that situation changed. If you if you if it's going to be a more elaborate um, call structure, we still suggest that you use LearnDash with MemberPress because MemberPress has a number of um, parts to it that make the management and the running of a LearnDash membership website better than what comes in the can with LearnDash. Um, but that's still the strength of LearnDash because you can actually switch off the LearnDash kind of membership um, structure. You can switch it off so you can use something like MemberPress. With, um, and that comes in, that comes important when you're actually wanting to sell subcourses to corporate clients. Let's say you were selling to schools and you were selling to teachers and you wanted the teacher to be a sub-admin and for her to be able to place her students in a course or in a block. Um, you can't do that with Lifter LMS at the present moment. Um, you can only do that with LearnDash, and then it's better to do it with a add-on. There's a couple add-on plugins that manage that um, very effectively. With Lifter LMS, you can't actually do that at the present moment. They are going to um, in um, 2020 in the first quarter. They are going to bring in a add-on that allows you this corporate account management functionality but at the present moment that's a definite difference between LearnDash and Nifter LMS um, but their core functionality they're both superb products which will get you started on the road for course domination how I'm doing I'm, 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 I'm getting a bit too techy here how I'm doing Adam well, so far, so far, so good, man. If you got more, keep going. Um, so, the other, the other thing is, um, if you're thinking of building out a course, 
is um, it's probably going to be video based, but the the big thing in um, online training um, there's there's been two large um, I would say kind of influences in um, 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 so it's gamification has become a big thing in 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 online learning and what do I mean by gamification well it was um it was really started by um um by a guy called Carl Carson and um he's big in education and he runs a a coding website that teaches people how to become um proficient in coding it's a competitor to um Linda.com that's become um, learning um, um, learnable I think not learnable it's become part of LinkedIn um, so um, he developed that with his um, team and it's giving basically um, tokens marks certificate um, it's gamifying the learning mythology so people get kind of micro gifts or they get a token and basically it builds competition amongst the students to and builds um rapport in the in that community and yeah. it's it right so it's got its good points and it's got its bad points some people say that it induces competition which is great but it can also induce people think, you know, I'm not doing as well as the that person. I will never get, be as so. Some some educationists um, are a little bit, and I think it's fine if you uh, if you use it with some common sense. But I think it can also be problematic as well. The other thing um, which has been micro learning. Where um, where you take you don't have a ten or twenty minute video, you have a three minute video, and then you have a written element, and you have a micro quiz that you break down um, your course structure into micro learning uh, modules, and this is relevant because more people are learning. On their on their smartphone, on their tablet, um, um, and they're looking for micro learning experiences, which is a bit of an art form in itself. Because I feel like there's a place for that, but also there's a place for longer learning um, um, modules. But I, I do feel it has its place. But and that that people think, well, that sounds simple. I'm relieved. It's actually you no know, producing a three minute video is going to be a lot easier than a ten. They can they they could be no more wrong about something because actually getting your key message over in three minutes instead of ten minutes is a bit of an art form, and actually providing value in your course. And breaking it down into micro learning elements is a bit of an art form. So actually, um, I would suggest that you go for something a more traditional in length. Just start off with your first course, and then um, do a lot of learning yourself. And with our support, um, I have a um, um, a partner that has a degree in online education um, and interface design, Kim. She's excellent, and she can come in and give advice. But actually, building micro courses is actually more difficult than building a traditional lab course, unfortunately. But it has it has become a bit of a buzzword. Was that helpful, Adam? Oh, that's that's very helpful, and I actually feel myself getting uh, a little bit lighter in terms of feeling like things are getting easier, uh, just in terms of how you've been able to simplify things, able to draw maps of things and give people the opportunity to see
some of what they can accomplish fairly simply. Now, one thing I find interesting is how one of the decision points you bring up could be whether you do a longer video or a shorter video because there is value in a 10-minute video, but as you also point out, there can be value in a three-minute video. Yeah, you know, around this micro-learning, um, that's become a... Uh, oh, and I've, I actually tempted to use Treehouse that um, Carl Carson is the founder of, and it's a, a leading website where if you want to see um, an ideal example of using gamification in an effective way, go to Treehouse, and they, I think they do have either a 14-day free demo or they offer some free courses on the Treehouse website. But I, was, I would suggest if you're really interested in your first course and you're interested in, in how to use gamification in an effective way, actually join one of their courses just to see how they implement gamification themselves, Adam. Right, 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 right. So here's another thing that I have because, you know, you're, you're, you know we're speaking about uh, people getting access to LMSs and member sites, what have you. Now, uh, I just, I'm just curious about this because you're in the industry, and I covered some of this in my book, which is Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. When people go to a, a, a WordPress site and they sign up to uh, download a course or access a course using an LMS, about what percentage of those folks would you say either just don't follow directions or for whatever weird reason don't get their password and then ask for help getting logged in? Well, that's that's a difficult one because actually I haven't got any, and it's a good question, but I haven't got any um, actual um, information that I give a lot of credence to. Um, there has been, when it comes to actual what is called churn, actual people asking for either a refund during a, a period of time where they've got the right to ask for a refund or they don't, they only log in a couple of times or um, they pay for a monthly membership and then after a period of time they cancel it. Churn right. is, is a quite considerable problem. Um, I think that can be dealt with with um, not producing this war and peace initial course that we were discuss, discussing at the beginning of this conversation. I also thinking of building real community, offering um, you know a free Facebook group, you know engaging in that group quite considerably. So they actually get value from that, and that's in closed. It's a in closed group, so you can only have access to it as being part of the membership. And other ways, you know, some stage, you know, going for a, a proper forum setup, getting away from Facebook, because you know, if you're starting to build a lot of um, good content on that private group, you've got the same problem of building your business on something like Kajabi, you're building value on somebody else's platform. So maybe at some stage looking for your own forum, which is another great thing of using WordPress. There's some great forum solutions. They integrate really great with WordPress. So, but you know, churn is a big thing. When it comes to the actual email, well, e you know, what email services you use with our with our solutions, we partner with SendGrid, and basically all the you know all the membership, all the um, non-marketing email side of it is actually handled by SendGrid. And I found personally, because I use SendGrid for my own um, non-marketing email um, around membership and other factors, I found SendGrid to be one of the more effective platforms. And they recently integrated with Trilio, um, which is one of the leading um, text messaging services. And they, they're, they're a very mature company that's got a, very, a fantastic API system. So I think that's good news for SendGrid. So I think churn, definitely churn is the dark side of membership sites, and it's got to be identified. And one of the ways you, you deal with that is provide real value and also building real community, which are buzzwords to, 
you know, I'm throwing out some buzzwords now, but they, but at the core of it, it does have some real meaning, and there are ways um, that people are doing that that have been very effective in reducing churn. You know, uh, I ask one question, I get the answers to two questions I was planning to ask, because the next thing I was going to bring up is uh, retention statistics and lifetime value of customer and things like that. Uh, what I was originally asking is, you know, just what percentage of people when they sign up contact customer service saying, oh, I never got my password. And I have found that, correct, there is no reliable statistic on what the industry says is the average for that. I believe it's about a third, just based on some things I've seen anecdotally. So have you found that it's valuable even when you automate your LMS to have a human element involved to capture oh. this and other issues? Oh, always. Exactly. You know, my, you know we, we could spend out, you know, because on my own part, podcast, um, I've got a new um, co-host on my main interview show, um, and that's Adrian. And Adrian is the founder of a plugin called Groundhog, which is a marketing automation. It's one of the leading marketing automation plugins. And he's become a co-host. So we could, you know, combine in learning management system and marketing automation. But so he's really big on it. And so I've become big into it. But I would say that that only allows you to give you the free space to introduce personal elements in in the experience. And I think, I, you know, doing a text message or doing a personal introduction and really spending um, a bit of time. And we had, I forgot the lady's name, but we had a, a lady on my own show that talked about email sequences, the onboarding experience, and having, I think, having a really effective onboarding experience not only um, gets around what you've just said about maybe a third, but also can cut down on the amount of queries, angst, um, you know, all, you know, so really concentrating on an effective onboarding um, mythology, it really does pay back in a big way. But it's work, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, I mean, I've seen folks say, "Why well, have all this technology?" and and I shouldn't have to have people involved in things like that. And what I've discovered is, you know, we want to align this issue of statistical technological fail and reducing churn, we found with some of our clients who run management programs and LMSs and things like that, that building into your customer service process, that regardless of whether or not the end user who purchases your course or signs up for your membership site manages to finish the process where they set up their username and password, you still follow up with them with a personal email not through an autoresponder, but somebody actually logging into their email and creating this, where you say, hey, congratulations once again on your wise decision. We're so happy to have you here. Just wanted to make sure you got it. We're checking to make sure there are no issues. This is our membership site URL. This is your username. This is your password. If you could just do us a quick favor and click reply to all and say, I'm in, so that we know that you were able to log in without any issues or if you need further help. That one little thing right there, we've been able to trace to so many repeat sales, so much more retention, so much more people actually getting involved with it because they feel now they have a human connection. And going along with that, what I see some companies do, and uh, I'm not sure where your level of agreement is on this, is if somebody fails to set up their password, the customer service response will be, uh, here's the link where you can click on to finish the process. And what I tell my clients is, no, 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 no. You don't tell them what they need to do. They've already done all they need to do by giving you money. You set up the damn password for them and tell them it's done. Uh, and we found that that little step right there can, although we don't have any um, statistical measurement on it, has done a fair amount to reduce churn. And one client in particular I know whose business is basically um, information product-based, uh, he saw, and I'm just saying anecdotally, I'm just, saying, you know, just eyeballing this, saw the... I hate this course, I want a refund, 
request that would come in usually within like two hours of buying the course go down by, I want to say, 75%. Because what happens is, is people will buy from emotion, and then after they made the emotional decision to buy, they'll then justify it with logic. And if logic tells them they just spent money and they can't log in, the logic's going to tell them to get out while the getting's good. So you want to get in front of that. Yeah, you know, like I said, I said that in the first half, you know, it's got some strong linkage to the startup mythology, isn't it? You know, onboarding sequences, you know. But I, I think also I, I totally agree with you. I, you know, it has its importance. It has its place. I'm spending more time with my co-host talking about marketing uh, automation, but it should it should it should be part of a strategy that gives you time to offer a more personal exp- service, not not a way to to um, so you you don't have to um, get involved with your with your students with your clients, you know that you can hide some way through a cloud of marketing automation. Now, if you go to my website, um, I'm pretty easy to talk to. You can book a, a 30 minute free consultation. It's right on the front of the website. You can book it with one click, and then you go. You go to a calendar and you can book a date. So I don't exactly, you know, I eat my own cat food in a way. I believe that that you shouldn't use technology to hide yourself away, that you need to make yourself available. But obviously you've got to also get out, you've got to be able to get on with your work. So that's why you use technology, so you can provide a calendar where they can book where you are available. But I don't believe that you should use it so you can just hide yourself. Right, right. I, and I've also argued that, and this I think this will be our final point, because you've actually answered my final question already, believe it or not, is that um, I believe, and I've written about this in my book, that when you use online schedulers like Time Trade, Schedule Once, uh, Acuity, things like that, you're actually facilitating connections, not getting in the way of connections. Because now you don't have to go back and forth on email five times trying to find a date and time. In fact, you don't even have to reach out to the person. You just go to their scheduler and put yourself in. So there's no middle person. There's no back and forth. There's no trying to make schedules align. You just go and you connect. I mean, I get, I get appointments on my calendar all the time. And uh, people who are in my orbit know that, you know, people who know me well and I've actually had conversations with and we have a relationship know that if they ever come to me saying, hey, um, What's your schedule like? Uh, any t- any chance we could uh, have a conversation? I'm going to say I don't know, and uh, no, or, or 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 I might even say, well, since you asked, no. And the ones who've been through this with me a couple times say, oh yeah, that's right. What's your link again? And I say schedulewithadam.com, and then they go there. Yeah, and to kind of finish off, I, um, I just want it's a little bit of a hobby horse for me, Adam. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, I just want to get across one negative, and then finish with a real positive. The negative yep, we is have about, we have a we have about a minute and a half, so go ahead. Right, so I'll do it. Try and do it quick. Um, I'm really against those that try and say that with with e-learning in general, with um, membership websites, it's a great way of um, building a business that will run itself. Right. Um, there is no business that runs itself. It, Thank it, you. It, yes. That that that's just nonsense. And right. um, you know, you normally only get as much as you, your sweat that you're prepared to put in the business. That's exactly what you will get out of it. So Very good. The, whole, the, good the good news is that um, e-learning. Um, E-learn courses is a great is a, one of the great ways that you can turn sweat equity into a real business that still allows you to keep your nine to five job to actually um, identify a market and gives you the time and the ability to do this as a size size side hobby side hustle, or a, yeah. a side um, project and build it to a level where if you want to leave your nine to five job you then will be able to and it's one of those mythologies 
that isn't pie in the sky. It actually yeah. a number a number of people have done that. So it right. will Absolutely. require a lot, of, a lot of work, but it's achievable, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is, and that's the good news. So we're at the top of the hour here. I just want to remind everybody to take up on Jonathan's offer to visit his website at wp-tonic.com if you want to discover more about this WordPress LMS thing. And Jonathan Denwood, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Oh, it was great, Tom. You've asked some really great questions, and I think we've offered a bit of value, hopefully. Very good. All right, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.